Eight for Eight. Eight lessons learned from the eight guests so far. Welcome aboard Sprout One. I'm your host, Dave Algio, Chief Sprout Sweater. Buckle up as we reflect on past guests and lessons learned over the past Big Sweat episodes. It's episode 29, Guests and Lessons Learned. Heads up, Sprout Sweaters. The podcast is continuing, but the name is changing from the Sprout Sweater to the Restless Midlifer. More to come on that in future episodes, but if you do want to get in early on notifications or on some of the programs that I'm designing to help you regroup, reshape and redesign your Restless Midlife, then head over to SproutSweater.com and sign up. Well, since it's early January 2022, I feel in a bit of a reflective mood and I want to encourage you to consider what you can continue to do to work towards your goals. Whether that's a New Year's resolution, whether it's still on track or not, um, let's see what we can do to rekindle it or to bolster the efforts that you're already making. The thing is... Over the Christmas period, for many of us, sometimes when we down tools, we get a chance to reflect and, and think and to th- get motivated about what we want to achieve. But then the new year kicks in, doesn't it? The hustle bustle of life kicks back in and we can lose sight of that or we can get distracted or sidetracked. So as in the typical ethos of the Sprout Sweater, it's about what small things can we do, pick back up and consistently commit to, despite life being hectic, having things that are chucked at us that we haven't expected, that kind of thing. And what I thought I'd do is I'd look back over the last podcast we've you know we're on to episode 29 now um and over these the 28 episodes so far we've had some great guests some great interviews and of the eight key guests that we've had we did have a revisit with jeff and simon um a few weeks ago where they came kindly came back and shared some thoughts i think i'll I'll count that as a bit of a bonus tip actually so there might be nine here Um, but with each guest there was so much insight so many tips and stories and and so much we can learn and i think sometimes it's useful to go back and pick something out of it because we can always go back any time but pick one thing and highlight that and see if we can use that learning to affect how we move forward in our goals So I'm going to give you my one tip. It was pretty tough. I've got to be honest because there was such a lot in each of them. Um, but here's, here's, here we go. Um, and if you want, obviously you can feel free to, uh, dig back into these episodes to re-listen to the whole uh, episode if you wish. But the first one, my first big sweat episode, episode four was with Jeff Nicholson. Now Jeff is a longtime friend and coach and an inspiration to me because he, he has been coaching uh, entrepreneurs and high performers and uh, solopreneurs, he, he calls them, that work to offer something of value to clients, whether it's to improve their lives, um, but to a product and what have you. But he works with them to help them maximize their impact, but also maximize the balance in their life. And Jeff has his own amazing story. Um, and I guess the real thing that I, uh, that I want to highlight out of Jeff's interview, go back and listen to it because I think the whole story, his whole story about how he came to do what he's doing is really motivational and inspirational and a bit of a wake up call as well when, when you listen to it. But with Jeff's story, one of the things that he talked about was how he fell ill and um, was immobile and housebound for a quite long time, a period of years. And, with that came obviously the impact, the inevitable impact on his business and on his life and on his family and his mood and mentality and psychological state. And whilst it, we, you know, we talked about the darker side of that, the darker side being that he, he lost hope and was thinking about and 
did more than just think about making an effort to um, to end his life. Um, now, thankfully, he didn't. Thankfully, he, you know, things are completely different. And he has since, out of that, rebuilt through his own focus on self-development, discovering what works for him in terms of his health conditions at the time and managing his life far more positively now. He has um, rebuilt from, I guess, the ashes of a life that, that was, for him, there seemed no escape, no way out. He was trapped and it was endless. And this is where I think the key lesson for me for Jeff's um, podcast episode is there is hope. Hopefully you never get to that state. And if you do, seek professional help. Reach out and speak to somebody. But if you are in a place where you feel like you're trapped, you're crushed, lost, there isn't another option. I think the key lesson from Jeff's story is that no matter what story you're telling yourself, and I don't mean that in a condescending way, we live our life, as I've said so many previous episodes, with the narratives of our life, the stories we tell ourselves. And if we're telling ourselves or reinforcing this feeling that there is no way out, that I'm stuck with what I am, who am I to think I could, that actually there is hope. And I remember in my own journey that that inkling of hope is where it starts. So for me, that episode and Jeff's story gives me that, for me, the tingles really to remind me that actually, you know, how far have I come since that feeling of hopelessness to having a spark of hope to the years that have developed since been a wild ride. But what an amazing thing is, and it starts with hope. So episode eight, we had uh, Simon Ward, who again is a, a longtime friend, but is a triathlete coach and a high performance coach. He's had the uh, privilege of working with the Brownlee brothers who are triathlete, um, uh, top class triathletes. And um, has Simon has so much to share. And one of the things I really love about Simon is his no-nonsense, down-to-earth Yorkshire approach, as he would call it, where, you know, I, I think we can get swamped, particularly when we're talking about physical health. And I think this is where... Simon's focus on the physical side and my focus on the psychological merge because he finds himself routinely dealing with the underlying challenges when somebody is trying to improve their health and fitness. Things like improving sleep, uh, improving stress and managing stress, those kinds of things. Simon is an expert in doing that as well. Um, <clears throat> One of the things that I find with Simon is that down-to-earth, no-nonsense approach has led him to try to wade through um, the the the, moray, the morass of just information overload, misinformation, well-intentioned information, good information around how we improve our physical health, never mind all the other stuff. And he has boiled things down to the practical things. And the key things that Simon has reinforced for me is... We need to find out what works for us. Yes, there's research out there on what works for this group, that group, for the general population, for those that fall in the peak of the bell curve or the middle of the bell curve, etc. But ultimately, we're individuals. And in whatever respect in our life, we, we could be different. And therefore, what might work for the majority or a good group of people, a good number of people may not work for us. And it is to test, to experiment and to find the things that work for you. But as he says in the interview is just focus less on the outcome, the goal, and more on just doing the right things consistently and trust that the results will come. And I often talk about focus on sweating the sprouts, making sure you do the day-to-day habits and take your eye off the prize, the goal, the cabbage as I would call it. Check in with it, but don't focus on it because every time you do, you're reminding yourself how perhaps how far you are. And it's a bit like watching paint dry or, you know, when you've got a long way to go, watching every white line on the road, that's 
that's a mind-numbing way of monitoring progress. We need to absorb ourselves in getting done the things that will move us there and then checking in and we'll find we've made progress in, in, the, in the process. So that's Simon Ward, triathlete coach. Um, Simon Raybould. Now, Simon, Dr. Simon Raybould came on and shared his insight into um, how the mind works and how we operate in our unconscious side of behaviours through the use of schema and scripts. And it's worth checking out because what he talks about, and it's been relayed through many of the episodes I've talked about, is that we we have a lot of our... Um, behavior is unconscious and practiced and those schema and scripts or stories that we tell ourselves can be helpful or hurtful and can positively get in the get in the way but one of the things that i remember when simon and i were talking was that um he was talking about a, a change in his career and um one of the things that we talked about was how do you shift when when perhaps you're not clear about where you want to go what you want to achieve and you know, you're not clear what that's going to look like. And he was giving some advice. And I think this ties in with that sweat, the sprouts, not the cabbage is to focus on the process, not the outcome. And the process being enjoy that process, focus on that and see what the stories you can shape in terms of the process on the way to that goal. So you are trying to achieve um, a certain career change or a, a build a business, whatever it is, we can get so focused on getting to the outcome that we put on hold life now. And we don't try to shift the stories that we're telling ourselves to enjoying what we're doing right now and seeing it as a process, as an experiment, as an adventure. So the process, not the outcome, is what it's about and enjoying that. So that's Dr. Simon Raybould. Then we had uh, Dr. Ron Lawson, who was my um, well, long-time friend, uh, be my coach, is my coach, and um, was my tutor on my master's de- uh, degree in coaching and mentoring last, well, a couple of years ago. And Ron's view of coaching is where my my interest in the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves coalesced around some of the the theory and the models and the research around this. And one of the things that Ron's work particularly focused on is shifting our sense of who we are and our sense of identity and what that requires often is yes getting to know what the stories that we tell ourselves are what what are those stories how can how do they serve us or or not serve us as i've said before but also recognizing that we need to get playful but also start to develop some rituals around the transition between who we are now and who we want to see ourselves to be it's not about changing the essence of who we are it's more about tapping into the essence of who we are and in so doing, we sometimes need those rites of passage, those rituals to help us move that. So the example he gave in the in the interview was, you know, a young a young person moving into adulthood, and you know, in some of the ancient um, tribes and communities, there was there were practices and rituals where that person would go off on a, a sort of a vision, spirit quest, that kind of thing. Now that ritual played into that need for us as human beings to have a line, a transition and, and a movement between. And the ritual helped speed that up, but make it more significant. So for me, it was how can we introduce that ritual nature, the, the, the nature of having rituals, like a leaving do from work, to close off, to say goodbye, to, to finish something and to start and, and open up new opportunities into a new life. So how can we build that? Because I think one of the things that we find in life is that we don't value those enough. And when we do transition, say we move from a new job to a, one job to another or to, into a business, uh, we don't prepare ourselves. We don't set ourselves up by having these rituals that help signify and symbolize that transition. And I think that's a 
really important part of our life as we move through because we may not just change jobs we transition in life we change we know every 10 years i'm not going to put a, a hard figure on this but you know every few years we'll shift in what we want from life what, what life means to us we'll grow we'll develop or downright change and i think that's really important that's Dr. Ron Lawson. And then we had David Wilkinson, who is another coach, um, a performance coach who works with um, those in the corporate world, but also focuses on working with men and helping them achieve change and balance in their life. And one of the things that, uh, the, a great conversation with David, one of the things that we ha- talked about in, in that interview was predictive speech. The power of what are we, what we say out loud, not just the stories we tell ourselves inside, but the th- things we say out loud that are kind of predictive. They're based on past, but they're predicting the future. So I'm a born warrior, or I'll always be, you know, that kind of language where we, we effectively predict how we're going to be because of the way we talk. And it's clear your stories can define you. And therefore, they can limit you as well if they're not helpful. They can get in the way. So one thing that I picked up there is the importance of just being more aware of what we're seeing, the predictive nature of our speech about ourselves about our expectations from the world or others, you know, about you know, life's just unfair or life's this, you know, or they're always this or men are all this, women are all that, whatever it is. That, that predictive nature of speech is perhaps born out of an understandable past experience is that, you know, we can shape in an understandable way, but we need to be careful of the trap that we can fall into. We can change those stories. So we need to make sure we're not defined by them. So that's David Wilkinson. Then we had Dr. Linda Shaw, who is a neuroscientist and works with both uh, works has a, both an academic background, but also a business uh, and organisational background. And there was a great interview that talks about how the neuroscience of the brain and change, and how we can adapt and introduce new habits. And I think one of them there was loads in this interview as well, so it's really worth checking out. But one of the things that really struck me is that she gave this analogy of your your mind, your you know all of the the, the functioning of your brain. If you imagine that as a, a as a sheet of paper, an A4 sheet of paper, and then you put a pinprick on that piece of paper. That pinprick represents your conscious functioning, the functioning about which you're actually capable of consciously managing. And if you think about just how much of our brain, how much of what we do, behavior and all of that is unconscious, it's no wonder that when we overload that conscious part, which is so small, we can feel stressed out, overloaded, crushed, unable to think and be creative. So the key thing is offload stuff from that pinprick size of conscious brain, as powerful and amazing as it is, offload it to other places. And there were some suggestions is obviously write it down to do this, practical things like that. But some of the key things that Linda said was just get out and go for a walk and let your brain do what it needs to do to file stuff and, and alert you to things more unconsciously. Get into that uh, alpha brainwave mode that she talked about, where, you know, perhaps in a shower or when you first wake up and just allow yourself a few moments more than you would meditation practice to allow your brain to decompress and offload. That's a great one. And then we have Dave Hall. That was Dr. Lynch, by the way. And then we have Dave Hall, who is a, an expert in helping people create or come up with and generate more creative and innovative ways of uh, coming up with solutions, thinking and approaching problems. And Another great interview, really great to kind of acknowledge that there are some novel ways we can come up with different ways of doing things. Because I don't know about you, whenever I've set goals, whether it's to lose weight, get fit, etc., I always, as Dave says, look to the past, look to what's worked in the past, what I've learned from the past or picked up or tried before or what I know other people have tried. And with that, I end up doing the same old, same old. 
And one of the things that's important is to, and I think this is a key tip from me from Divs, is to catch yourself when you're setting a goal and setting a plan, catch yourself using in the process of using the same old tools and just think, what could I do differently here? And there's some great little tips and process and strategies that Dave gave. And one of them is to think of a superhero, you know, take yourself out, think of a superhero's approach. You know, Simon Raybould says, always asks the question of what would Batman do? And the point of this is you take yourself out of you and create a, 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 this fictional character and get them to come up with the solutions. And yes, they're useless and unrealistic. But this was the key part of Dave's, uh, Dave's input and lesson on, in that episode was don't prevent yourself from thinking it just because at the, f- at the, f- in the initial coming up with the ideas, it's, it's useless. It's novel, but useless because we need to generate the ideas. Then we move into pragmatic. How can I turn these? Can I turn any of these into practical, usable things to make it useful? And there we have novel and useless becomes novel and useful. So again, check that out episode out with Dave Hall as well. And then we have Pete Wilkinson, our um, last interview. And um, Pete was, I've known Pete for years again, a, a performance coach, so full of uh, vigor and energy and drive. And w- one thing that Pete does is lives what he does. And he is one of the most focused and productive people that I know. And he, we we talked about a number of things, but one of the things we talked about was his 135. Um, and I, I'm not going to go into that now because I think the episode and Pete's explanation does it far more justice. But I have worked with that with a number of clients and coaches. And I use it myself all of the time. But the whole point of the 135 is to, as in Pete's words, to achieve more by focusing on less. And I think that is such an important lesson as we are heading into 2022, uh, when there will be so many more demands, so many demands, there will be so much expected of you. There are so many things you can do. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you should or could do it. It's about being clear about what you want to achieve. What are the key areas, the, the, the key areas that will help you move that way? And what are the focused activities that will move you that way? And then focus on them on less to achieve more. So I guess my question from that is what can you remove from your to do list? Uh, and for what do you need to focus on more and to, in order to get more done? And I guess a bonus one because we had Jeff and Simon, Jeff Nicholson and Simon Rayball come back to, to join the, the, um, the Sprout Sweater, uh, just over Christmas, New Year, um, and reflecting on this new year ahead. And this is really a good place to finish actually is that, you know, we talked about, well, why wait till New Year or that New Year's resolution to start? And now that the New Year has passed, you know, we're midway through January at time of uh, publishing. Now that it's passed, you may have found that your New Year's resolution has fallen by the wayside. You may, you know, you may have found that you're, you're not giving it the attention it deserves or it's completely forgotten. <clears throat> and it's important to recognize that, so what? Don't let that be it until next New Year's resolution. Yes, fresh start. The fresh start approach can be useful. You know, right, I'm going to start again. I'll start on Monday. All of those kind of things can be useful. But the point is, what about starting now? Or get yourself prepared and organized and start tomorrow. Um, you know, whether it's a Thursday and your intention is that I'll start on Monday, why not start Friday? It's an unusual day of the week. And I bet that challenges and offers up some resistance because the weekend's coming. But how, if you were to start tomorrow, say if it was a Friday, I know the podcast comes out on a Wednesday, whatever day you're listening. But if it was a Wednesday or Thursday and you were to say, I'm going to start on Thursday or Friday, what would you do to start? 
which did not involve you putting things off till Monday to start. All of the tips and tactics around that we've talked about through this episode and through all the interviews are geared towards recognizing that we can, we can do so much more, but we often need to drill it down and focus on doing less, but do it more consistently and doing it now, starting now. So I hope that's been useful as a, a review of some of the, the great uh, podcast episodes I've had with some of my great guests. Got more to come and I hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, as I said, we're going to be rebranding the Sprout Sweater to the Restless Midlifer and I'll explain that a bit more about that in the next interview. So as our craft, the Sprout One begins the landing process, allowing you to return to your fellow humans. Pick one of the nuggets and focus on absorbing it. What one thing can you start to do today that will move you forwards? No matter how slow or insignificant you feel the action is, it counts. And more importantly, it is helping you reshape your narrative about yourself and what you can achieve. You can, you really can do this. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed your flight aboard Sprout One. For show notes and information on how to get the podcast feed direct to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other favorite podcast feed, visit SproutSweater.com. And touchdown.